1: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery.
2: Rocketmoney.com Wondery. Tonight, the news that many parents have been waiting for, a COVID vaccine for kids younger than five could be ready by the end of the month. We've got the new details that are just coming in. The breaking news, Pfizer asked the FDA to authorize a mini-dose for about 19 million children, earlier than expected. Hazardous weather, the major travel danger, as a new winter storm could impact more than 90 million Americans. The breaking news after two students are shot outside a Minnesota school, the latest on the manhunt. Plus, the new details in a college campus shooting, a gunman killing two officers. It's official. Tom Brady retires. A look back at the remarkable career of the greatest quarterback of all time. Putin breaks his silence. Why the Russian president says the West is ignoring his demands. And CBS's Holly Williams is in the trenches tonight on Ukraine's eastern border. The search for a nominee. Tonight, the president lobbies U.S. senators as he nears a Supreme Court choice. Could his pick get Republican support? Trump's torn up documents, why some of the former president's records central to Congress's investigation had to be taped back together. And American kindness, how one teenager is giving thousands of sick children the gift of reading.
0: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. We are approaching the point in the pandemic where everyone in America who wants a COVID vaccine will be eligible to get one. Tonight, Pfizer asking the FDA for emergency use authorization for its vaccine for children ages six months to four years old. Now, this comes earlier than expected. The company says it was asked to submit its data after a record number of kids got COVID last month. The American Academy of Pediatrics says more than 3.5 million children tested positive for COVID in January alone. And parents nationwide have been pushing for an expansion of shots for babies, toddlers, and preschoolers especially in the wake of the fast-moving Omicron variant that also resulted in a record number of pediatric hospitalizations. CBS's Nikki Batiste joins us now with his late-breaking news. Good evening, Nikki.
3: Nora, good evening. Pfizer says tonight it has given the FDA data on a two-dose vaccine regimen for children ages six months through four years old. The doses are one-tenth of an adult and would be given three weeks apart. Pfizer says it also plans to submit data on a third shot for this age group soon. Pfizer's request for emergency use authorization of its vaccine means one of the nation's youngest age groups would be eligible for shots, possibly as soon as the end of this month. The second it is available, we're going
4: to be calling our pediatrician.
3: Khan's pretty has anxiously awaited a vaccine for her three-year-old son and two-year-old twins. I don't want to get too excited and then have to sort of continue living in this limbo. In December, Pfizer announced that two doses of its vaccine did not provide a strong enough immune response in two to four-year-olds, prompting the company to add a third shot to the trial. Authorization would come at a pivotal moment. New pediatric cases dropped last week for the first time since early December, but remain high, over 100,000 for 25 consecutive weeks.
5: I think for parents of young children, I would say hang in there. Over the next few weeks, you're going to see a continued dramatic decline.
3: New Orleans today became the first major school district to require its students, ages five and up, be vaccinated. Parents can opt out on medical, religious, or philosophical grounds. But with so many parents already hesitant to vaccinate their eligible children, experts don't expect authorization for kids under five to significantly affect new case numbers. Only 38% of 5- to 17-year-olds are fully vaccinated. Do you understand the hesitancy by so many parents? Of course I do. I encourage parents to talk to their pediatricians, to read trustworthy sources of information, not to go down social media rabbit holes, but to look at the real data. I feel very comfortable with um, having my kids get the vaccine. I spoke with a member of the FDA advisory committee today, and he told me they would only give authorization if they can clearly see evidence the vaccine is safe and effective. If a third shot is greenlit, it would be given eight
2: weeks after a second dose. Nora. So many parents waiting for this information. Nikki tease. thank you. Well, we turn now to the weather. Another major winter storm is brewing tonight that's expected to make travel treacherous from the Rockies to New England. CBS's Lonnie Quinn joins us now with the forecast. Hey there, Lonnie. Hey, Nora, the problem with this
0: winter storm is there's an element of freezing rain. And freezing rain is just regular rain that Immediately freezes when it hits the roadways. It's impossible to drive on. Currently, we have a modest little rain system in the midsection of the country, but it's going to transition to snow. This is tomorrow morning. You're looking at midday snow from Colorado to the Great Lakes. You get to Thursday morning, it's transitioned now to some of that ice, some of that freezing rain. Dallas through Arkansas, Cincinnati, that line of pink really tough morning commute for you on Thursday morning. By Friday morning, some icy spots possible around New York City, and by Friday 3 p.m., it has moved into the Boston area with a real mess. Snow, sleet, rain, freezing rain, all moving into a city that picked up in some spots up to two feet of snow with the last blizzard. And the icing, as I said, is the biggest problem of all. Some areas could be seeing significant icing, not just in the midsection. I know that's where we focus, but even moving to the east and your snowfall totals, especially like around St. Louis up towards uh, Cleveland, could be seeing a pretty decent thump of snow. But watch out for that ice. Nora, it's all yours.
2: Time to stay home by the fire. Lonnie Quinn, thank you. We turn now to some breaking news because there were two separate school shootings this afternoon. In Virginia, two campus police officers were shot and killed at Bridgewater College. That's located about 140 miles west of Washington, D.C. A suspect has been taken into custody and no further details have been released. Nine different agencies, including the FBI, state police and campus police, have all responded to the scene. Right now there's this, too. In Minnesota, one student was killed and another is in critical condition following a shooting outside a suburban Minneapolis school. Police say the suspects fled the scene and a manhunt is currently underway. We turn now to the growing tensions on the border between Russia and Ukraine. A sixth shipment of U.S. military equipment arrived in Kiev today as Vladimir Putin weighed in on the crisis for the first time this year. CBS's Holly Williams reports tonight from the front lines. In his first public comments on this crisis in weeks,
6: President Vladimir Putin accused the U.S. of trying to contain Russia. Ukraine is just a tool, he said. Despite more than 100,000 Russian troops now massed on Ukraine's border, Russia still claims it's the real victim, threatened by the U.S. and its NATO allies. And Moscow insists it has no plans to invade Ukraine. But Ukraine is already a victim of Russian aggression. Today, we hiked to the front line in the country's nearly eight-year-long war against separatists that are supported by Russia. The Russian-backed separatists are about about a mile in that direction, according to the Ukrainian soldiers. This is trench warfare, and despite a ceasefire agreement, there are daily violations. This man says he was shot yesterday while he was out fishing. According to Ukraine, over 14,000 people have been killed. Vladimir told us he signed up to fight at 17 and has been living on the front line in these underground quarters for six months.
1: If they want to invade our country one more time, we will defend our borders.
6: President Putin also said tonight that Russia's main security concerns, including a demand that Ukraine never be allowed to join NATO, had been ignored by the U.S. And he suggested that if Ukraine did join NATO, it could lead to a war between the alliance and Russia.
2: Nora. Holly Williams and Kyiv, thank you. Well, for most of us, ending a career at the age of 44 might be considered an early retirement. But in football, it's a remarkable achievement. And today it became official. After becoming the oldest quarterback to win a Super Bowl, Tom Brady will not play again in the NFL. CBS's James Brown has the highlights of an extraordinary career.
5: You're looking at the greatest right there. He's the greatest quarterback ever and seven-time Super Bowl champion. Ever! Tom Brady took to Instagram today to announce his retirement after 22 seasons, saying, I have loved my NFL career, and now it's time to focus my time and energy on other things. I've never heard of 600 in anything in football, but Brady has it. Brady's career spanned three decades. At 44, he's leaving the game holding almost every quarterback record in NFL history. He leads the league in touchdown passes, passing yards, and regular season wins. I do want to go out on my terms. I do want to go out playing my best. In 2017, when Brady turned 40, Nora O'Donnell asked him about his legacy. How do you rank yourself? I mean, I feel like I've done a great job to maximize what my potential was. Coming out of Michigan, Brady's potential was in doubt. He was picked 199th in the 2000 NFL Draft by the New England Patriots, where he played 20 of his 22 seasons. What do you think it was that all the scouts missed? I think they underestimated my competitiveness. Competitive he was. He won six Super Bowls and four Super Bowl MVP awards with the Patriots, alongside head coach Bill Belichick. Last year, Brady stunned football fans everywhere, when as a free agent, he chose to go to Tampa, where he won his seventh Super Bowl in his first year with the Buccaneers.
0: Ten Super Bowl appearances, seven victories, Tom Brady.
5: Nora Brady has talked about playing until he was 50, but after losing in the playoffs this year, he said that while football brought him joy, being there for his wife and kids are just as important.
2: Yeah, family is so important to him. And, J.B., I mean, you've followed Tom Brady's career since he joined the league. What do you think made him such a good quarterback?
5: You know what? It was that which was between his ears. He never was outworked, always exceedingly well prepared. And, by the way, I don't think he ever forgot that he was the 199th player selected in the NFL draft. That passion burned brightly. Great lessons for the game of life.
2: Absolutely. J.B., thank you.
5: My pleasure, Nora.
2: Well, now to the investigation into the January 6th attack on the Capitol. We're actually learning some new information today about Donald Trump and his involvement in an effort to seize voting machines following the 2020 election. As CBS's Nicole Killian reports, the former president was apparently more involved than previously known.
1: This is the most corrupt election. Desperate to prove claims of voter fraud in the weeks after the 2020 election, former President Trump weighed several options to challenge the results. Those options, first reported by The New York Times, included drafting an executive order that would have directed the Department of Homeland Security to seize voting
5: machines. I've not seen it myself, but I know that it exists.
1: Maryland Congressman Jamie Raskin is a member of the January 6th Select Committee. What does that tell you about the former president's mindset?
5: Of all of the president's uh, strategies to try to overturn the election, that's the one that feels the most like a banana republic.
1: According to the Times, the ideas were concocted by a team of outside advisors, with Mr. Trump initially considering an executive order allowing the Pentagon to take over the voting machines. He also raised the possibility of the Justice Department doing it in a meeting with then-Attorney General William Barr. Mr. Trump eventually prodded his attorney Rudy Giuliani to call the Department of Homeland Security, which said it did not have legal authority. The revelations come as the select committee increasingly turns its focus to members of the former president's and vice president's inner circle, with ex-Pence counsel Greg Jacob the latest to appear before the panel. It is also pouring over hundreds of pages of documents from the National Archives, which acknowledge some of Trump's presidential records had been torn up by the former president and taped together. The former president continues to lash out at the committee and falsely claim that Pence had the power to overturn the 2020 election. But his grip on the GOP remains strong, banking a record one hundred and twenty two million dollars in his campaign war chest. Nora,
2: Nicole Killian at the Capitol for us. Thank you. For the second straight day, several historically black colleges were targeted with threats of violence. At least 13 schools reported bomb scares today. That's more than doubling Monday's total. No explosives have been discovered at any of the campuses. The FBI is helping local police investigate these threats. President Biden today began courting Republican senators as he approaches his self-imposed deadline to nominate a replacement for retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. The president even called Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell to discuss the process. We get more now from
7: CBS's Weijia Zhang. President Biden today met with the two top senators on the committee that will hold the confirmation hearing of his eventual Supreme Court nominee. And I'm looking
2: for a candidate with character, with the qualities uh, of of, uh, a judge in terms of being
5: courteous to the folks before them and treating people with respect.
7: CBS News has learned the president is considering more than a dozen potential candidates with three clear frontrunners so far. Mr. Biden's pledge to nominate the first black woman to the high court has been criticized by some Republicans.
0: He's saying, if you're a white guy, tough luck. If you're a
7: white woman, tough luck—you don't qualify. Mississippi's Roger Wicker compared the pledge to affirmative action.
6: The irony is that the Supreme Court is at the very same time hearing cases about uh, about this sort of affirmative racial <laughs> discrimination, <laughs> yes. and, and, and and while adding someone who is the beneficiary of uh, of this
0: sort of quote.
7: But of the 115 United States Supreme Court justices in history, all of them have been white men, except for seven. Only two black men and five women have served. The White House pointed out that Republicans had no problem when former President Trump announced who he would pick.
0: We're going to pick an incredible woman, brilliant woman.
7: Press Secretary Jen Psaki singled out Senator Cruz. He had no objection to Donald Trump promising he'd nominate a woman in 2020. Uh, Repeat, no objection at all. Tonight, we are learning that Democratic Senator Ben Ray Lujan is in the hospital recovering from a stroke. He is expected to make a full recovery, but some Democrats say it's a reminder in a 50-50 Senate any unexpected development could bring a challenge to moving their agenda forward. Nora.
2: CBS's Weijia Zhang, thank you. Tonight, a massive explosion is feared in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where a fire continues to burn at a fertilizer plant, spewing noxious fumes across the city. Firefighters have had to keep their distance, fearing 600 tons of highly explosive ammonium nitrate could trigger a tremendous blast. About 6,500 people who live in the area were told to leave their homes for up to 48 hours. And take a look at this scary video. The pilot of a British Airways plane made a last-second decision to abort a landing at London's Heathrow Airport because of strong winds. Well, bravo to that pilot, and I'm glad I wasn't on board that plane. Getting lost in a good book is often an escape into a new world. A Maryland teenager discovered that after her dad was diagnosed with cancer. Well, guess what? Now she's helping thousands of sick children discover it, too, thanks to the gift of literature. Here's CBS's Meg Oliver.
4: Surrounded by boxes of books, Emily Batnagar can't help but smile. You love books, right? I do, very much. The 18-year-old from Maryland is the mastermind behind the magical book drive for Love and Buttercup. It all started in 2019 when Emily's best friend, her dad, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It was the worst. It was like reliving it every single night, like nightmares and panic attacks. I thought, it's hard enough for an adult to have a cancer like to have cancer, but when you think about a kid having cancer, it just broke my heart. So the petite teenager with the big heart put out word on social media, hoping to collect books for sick children. I was expecting like two or three responses, and then there were like hundreds and hundreds and so many books by my door, and it was just really exciting. She's distributed 9,000 new books to hospitals and schools in need, including MedStar Georgetown University Hospital, where her dad was treated. Was this your form of therapy? It was. I think this helped more than anything. (laughs) Her dad has turned the page and is doing well. As for Emily, her happy ending would be to make this book drive into a lifelong
2: mission. Meg Oliver, CBS News. As we begin our observance of Black History Month, the story of a young man who went from poverty to MIT and his latest plan that could shake up Silicon Valley. That's on tomorrow's CBS Evening News. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night and a happy Lunar New Year. It's year of the tiger.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com/survey.
5: Look around; you can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. <laughs>